If you are a super faithful supporter of the podcast, and you've not only been listening, but you've been following along on social media, you have already been blessed by T. T is the host of Limping Helpers podcast, and I was recently able to be a guest on his show, and it was such a blessing to me to have that conversation, so much so that at the end of it, we knew the conversation needed to continue. And so T is joining us today. And what was interesting is I actually stopped him short when he started to tell me his story before we started recording. And when we started recording, I didn't know what the theme of this episode would be. And there's this beautiful moment that's often happened in podcast episodes where I go in blind and midway through, there's a moment where it's like God whispers, you see it yet? You see what I'm working on? And I remember when that moment happened in this episode, it was just so amazing because it was so clear. Because the theme of this episode is about being seen, about how God can bring healing when we recognize that he sees us and when he equips others to see us. If you're like me, some of the hardest moments are as hard as they are because we feel unseen. When we feel like somebody doesn't notice us, doesn't care about us, or is intentionally neglecting us, it can take a heavy weight and make it exponentially more burdensome. But when we are seen, the weight doesn't even have to budge and it can suddenly feel lighter. There is something powerful about being seen. And the truth is, is that God sees us right now. God sees you right now, no matter how bleak things are. So if you're in that place right now of feeling unseen, I believe that you are gonna be encouraged by T. His joy is infectious, and you're going to leave this encouraged. So pull a chair up to the table and get ready to be seen. You're listening to episode 85 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And I just thank you for this new friendship with T that we've already been able to connect once and that you've made a way for us to connect again. And I thank you that both of us are so aware and trusting in your presence and your capacity to speak and move that we don't even know what's ahead in this conversation, but we know you're ahead. And so we give it to you. We thank you for the privilege of being able to be in your presence and to process who you are and how you work. And so we pray that you would guide our words, protect us from our own motives and thoughts. Just pray that in all this, you are glorified. I must pray in his holy and precious name. Amen. 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 All right. So T, we are, we are conversation number two. I was on your podcast, <laughs> Limping Helpers, yeah. and now you're on mine. We were connected through Podmatch. And yeah. before we jump in, I want to create a fun way for the guests to be able to share who they are. Okay. This one's probably the most random and it, it'll date me. So back in the day, yeah. Microsoft Word used to have this little character called Clippy okay. that would pop up on the screen anytime you needed help. Oh, yeah. And the first time you meet Clippy, he's like, hi, I'm Clippy, blah, 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 and tells about himself. <laughs> All right. So I, here's your prompt. I want you to imagine that I'm using some word program and suddenly this little T animation pops up and it says, hi, I'm T. And then it tells me a quick little short thing about what does the little T pop-up helper say about who you are? This should be fun. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm loving the way you said it the last time we met on Pot March, which was wonderful. T is an ambassador of Christ. Mm. I am a communicator. I I am a master's holder. I am a podcaster. To be honest, I don't even really know how to like categorize who I am. But T is a fun-loving person who loves Christ, who is loved by Christ, who is an ambassador of Christ. Yeah, anything with Christ, just chunking it in there as, as something to call me, I would gladly accept it. <laughs> and I'm passionate about people, to be honest. I'm just passionate about people. I'm passionate about life. Yeah, life can be fun and scary at the same time. So I pretty much just say that's what I am or that's who I am, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. Good yeah. answer. So yeah, we had a great conversation and you know, we were talking about how like struggles and so forth can impact our faith. And, you know, after we finished the conversation, we were talking about the prospect of you coming and sharing during this healing season and you start sharing your story. And I'm like, don't tell me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be surprised in the moment. (laughs) And so I only know a little bit about your story, but maybe the easiest way is just to jump right in and then see where the conversation takes us. And so when you think of this idea of healing and you yeah. think of your life, where does God take your mind? Wow, to be to be honest, I can actually remember, I think it's like a couple of nights. I think the first night will be, oh, it's actually an afternoon. The, the first afternoon will be on my birthday. No one was talking to me at that point in my life because I, I did a lot of, I made the whole family basically sad uh, with respect to my education. I spent my tuition fee on just, you know, living a reckless life. So everyone in the family was mad at me because obviously they had worked hard to send me to a private school, which was not even cheap at the time. It was really expensive. And instead of me, you know, basically trying to do something for myself, I I turned to my tuition fee and just squandered it all. So I was just in a friend's house laying on his bed. I was thinking about where I was at that time and what to do next. And I thought, what would be the thing that would basically change this whole situation? And I turned and turned and I was thinking and thinking. And at the end of the day, even then, I wasn't even born again at this time, mind you. But the end of the whole conversation or the thought process was only God can save me right now. Mm. And as I said that, I drifted off to sleep. And I would say a few months later, this was after my aunt died. Uh, she died in my arms. This was after we changed houses. So. Our previous house had a lot of issues to it. So we moved to a new house, our own house again. This is another of our houses. So it was like just me and my dad in that house. One morning, he just looked at me and said, hey, why not just go to a church? A church is doing a a conference, a three-day conference. Why not just go to that church? And my dad is actually a pastor. This is very interesting. Mm. Just to give a little bit of a background to me, I grew up in a really Christian household. My dad is a pastor. My mom is involved in the church. She is now a pastor also. So I grew up knowing God. So it was like I had the understanding of the person of God, but I didn't have like a personal experience to it. And I think my dad was just so tired of me one day. And he just looked at me that morning and said, hey, there's a church. It's not even our own church. And he just said, there's a church doing a conference for three days. Why not just go there? And I said, okay. All right. Because obviously I I was in a bad spot at that time. So I was just trying to make sure everyone liked me again. So when he said that, I saw that as an opportunity to be like, okay, maybe if I go there, he would like me just a little bit more. And I went there. It was actually a prayer session. And I got there and I sat down. And 
the prayer was just going on and I was just looking and it just hit me like as if God was just, you, you know, when a friend just comes around to you in a time where you're down and just wraps their arm around your shoulders, mm -hmm. just to let you know they're there. It just felt like that to me. At the end of the whole service that day, I went to the pastor and he said, hey, would you like to give your life to Christ? I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And then he said, okay, would you like to do something else for me? And I said, what? He said, would you like to go on a three days fast? And I was like, mm. wait, what? I just came here to satisfy my dad. Well, what's going on? I'm getting more than I wanted, you know? Mm. He said, okay, one other thing. Because at the time, I was so obsessed with rings that I literally had rings on all my fingers. All my fingers had rings on them. I never for once took them off. If I went to the shower, I was going with the rings. I don't know why. I had a lot of bracelets on my arms, a lot of chains, a lot of things like that on my neck, on my arm. And so he just looked at me and said, would you be willing to give up all of these rings and, and all of these chains? And I said, yeah, why not? Hmm. The regular me would have said, no, why? What are you talking about? What are you on about? I like these things. I like it because it makes me look cool and everything. But for some reason that day, I wasn't even hesitating to say, okay, I'll just give all these things up. He gave me some prayers to pray. And he says, when you're at home, if you can wake up at night, because I don't know what your day is, is like. So when you wake up at night, just pray for a bit. We can pray some of these prayers. And I said, okay, you know, whatever, man. And then I went home and my dad was like, hey, how was it? I was like, it was different. Not what I expected, but yeah, it's okay. And I said, hey, this is what happened there. And he was like, okay. And I was expecting some sort of love from my father at that time. But he just said, okay, and left the living room to his own room. And I was like, wait, what? I did the whole prayers for, I think, four days. And I think on the fourth day, that was when I really, you know, understood healing. Mm. On that fourth day, I just broke down crying. I didn't understand it. And I was just like, God, what's going on? Just, just save me. That was all I just could do. I was like, I'm tired. I've had enough. Just save me. Because like I said, my aunt died. But what I haven't said on the podcast, I know I've said it to you, was that at the time when everyone was mad at me, she was the only one who really just looked at me and said, hey, I don't see all that you've done. I see you. And for me at that time, it was like gold. It was the best thing to still feel like, okay, someone still sees that I still have that potential. Mm. And so it was so refreshing. But literally she died in my arms, I think 11.30 or 12 in the midnight, a day after my birthday. Mm. So a day after I said I was in bed, thinking about what was happening to me and how to get out of that situation, the next day she died. Mm. So it was like, I celebrated my birthday yesterday. Nobody even looked at me. I'm trying to basically meet with her to get some comfort. And now she's dead. So it was like, nobody was there to comfort me. Mm. It was like God intentionally wanted to take her away from me so I could turn to him. So I was just there like, wait, what? I couldn't even cry. That's the fun. It was so heavy that day. I couldn't even shed a tear. Mm. Every other person was looking at me funny like, Hey, you're not even looking sad. I was like, this is way more than tears can satisfy. Mm -hmm. There's this saying where I come from in Nigeria. It literally means when a situation is way more than crying, all you can do is laugh. But at that point, I couldn't even laugh. I was just there. So it was like too many things were just going on around me. I was broken. I was shattered. I already had history with smoking, with drugs. So it was like, okay, you know what? The only thing that will probably console you would have been to go back to drugs and back to doing a lot of things. But for some reason, I couldn't. So back to the night where I was just staying there crying, 
I got so tired. I just went to sleep. And then I had a very weird, weird, weird dream. Mind you, I come from an area in Africa where everything is spiritual to us. So when you go out and something happens to you, that's not normal, so to say, or that would not necessarily happen to someone on a normal day, we see it as spiritual. So I kind of have like some sort of knowledge of spirituals and things like that. So I had a very weird dream and the dream was just basically a shadow coming at me. It was just coming at me. It happened like three times that night. And so, cause I got tired, I just tried to fight it. And I woke up the next morning and I felt some sort of joy because I've, I fought something. I don't even know what it was I fought. Mm. And I know I won. So I just woke up that day and my dad looked at me and said, you've changed and I'm happy for it. And that really hit me like, wait, hold up. You don't even know what happened to me. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Where's all this love coming from this morning? Like, where did you put all this when I did something wrong? Because I would expect that you'd obviously chastise me, but still be able to pull me close and talk to me properly. I was like, wait, what? Wait, wait what? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, no problem. I just went on. And from that day, I just experienced a weird peace. Mm-hmm. I call it weird because at that time, that was what it was to me. Because I've always had like a really troubled personality where no one wants to talk to me, no one wants to relate with me or else I'm doing something really bad. So I've always been in the circle of bad people. And here I am. Everyone is just trying to be loving to me. And I'm like, what's going on? I then went on for a whole year of um, service, mandatory service in my country. So I, I went, I met two other guys and they just continued to teach me about Christ. And then I just started unfolding and I was like, hey, this happened to me. This happened to me. And then they were like, this is the scripture. And they made it seem so easy. Hmm. They'll just tell you, hey, don't worry about this. Scripture already says this. And then I'll just look at them like, how are you guys so calm about life? How are you guys so calm about things happening to you? Like literally they will have a really bad day and they'll just come home. They'll tell you, hey, I'm sad. But in the next two minutes, you see them trying to help somebody else, trying to be friendly, trying to be nice. And the way I am, if I'm sad, everybody is sad. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what you want to do. I don't care what you want to say. I'm just going to be transferring that aggression to you because you must feel sad like I'm feeling sad. But these people will just be doing things. And I'm like, hey, this God must really be interesting to make you guys act like this. And I just continue to speak to them and they'll just tell me, hey, read scripture. Go and read the Bible. Go and pray. Go and... and at the time, it didn't make any sense to me. But a few months later, I looked at myself. Literally, I caught myself smiling for no reason. And that was when he hit me that, hey, God has really taken you from a place where you're sad, bitter, angry, down, broken, dejected to a point where you're just happy for no reason. Like we said last week about peace, you know, that does not make sense because it didn't make sense to me. It didn't mean that every other thing that was going on in my life was necessarily okay, but I just found peace. Mm -hmm. I was just so peaceful. I then joined the team with the fellowship I was at. I became more active. I even became, I think I became the vice president at that point. And I was surprised because usually I don't want to be in people's faces. I want to be behind the scenes, but in a loud way. And I was surprised. I just realized, hey, you know what? You might as well just accept this God freely. Because even at that time, I was still thinking about going back to my friends, you know, every now and then just want to stay with them. Even when I knew that if I stayed with them, I would go back to the things I used to do. But I just realized, hey, you might as well just stick with God. If you're getting this kind of peace from God, if you're getting this kind of joy from God, you're not angry at people for no reason. 
you're not trying to get at people you're not trying to do something that's totally wrong because whenever you said anything was bad to do i just naturally just leaned towards it but here i am trying to stay away from it so it was like hey you've actually become a different person just knowing that there was that kind of peace with god i just said you know what i might as well just get into it so i joined the fellowship and i just became more active because every day it was like a newfound peace a newfound joy i was not angry at nobody it takes god to change someone and make that person something or someone useful for his kingdom for his cause and since then i can say i am grateful to god i have just been moving with it i really appreciate you sharing all of that and you know here's what's interesting you know we said at the start and i said in the prayer we didn't really know where god was going to take things yeah. and there's this interesting experience for me in some of these kind of conversations where I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. And God brings about this theme, this moment where it's like very clear, oh, I think this might be what God's doing. doing. And here's what really stood out to me is this idea of being seen, mm. right? A theme in your story. You know, you had gotten into some things that led to your family not wanting to interact with you and you longed mm. to be seen by them. Your aunt mm could see you. She says, I don't see all the negative stuff you do. I see you. And that meant so mm. much to you. And then in your hardest moments, even though you didn't really fully know what you thought of God, God met you on that bed and Amen. saw you. I knew there was a passage that spoke to that. And it's in mm. Genesis 16 and verse 13. It's the story of Hagar. In short, Abram was promised a child, yeah. but it's taken too long for them. And his wife was like, <laughs> look, this is taking too long. So here's my slave Hagar and Hagar became pregnant. And then Abram's wife got mad about all that. And they sent Hagar away and she was just distressed. And God met her there. God saw her. In verse 13, she says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. Mm. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Wow. That just feels like, a theme in your story that there was this peace that came. There was this change that your father noticed. But what I hear coming out over and over and over is this idea of being seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it really does. Because like I said, I generally have always been the kid who no one wants to talk to. No one wants to be around except for when he's doing something not good. Mm -hmm. So literally a friend of mine once asked me one time, she said, why do you do drugs? Then I was still, you know, basically doing a lot of these things. And I said, to be honest, I just used it to dull the pain. And she said, why? I said, cause nobody wants me around. Nobody sees me. Nobody seems like they love me. Mm -hmm. I know they're trying to do the worst best for me, but sometimes it doesn't feel like they connect with me. It just feels like they either want to just do what they feel I need and then go mm -hmm. or use what i have and then leave so at that point it just became a thing of you know what if nobody wants me i might as well just not want myself hmm. and the pain was so you know it was it was psychological not necessarily a pain you can tend to you know as a physical pain so it was just you know what i might as well just drink my pain away they say alcohol is the friend of someone with pain okay i might as well just go that way and it just became utterly crazy and out of bounds out of control i became out of control Literally, all I just wanted was for someone to see me. So if I do something good, everyone, you know, takes their gaze away. 
So you just felt like, you know what, I'm just an outlaw, so I might as well leave at that. But when it got to a point where I started seeing the love of God, I started feeling the love of God, I then realized, you know what, I'm still just me. God still knows me. He still loves me. He sees me. Every now and then, I always just remind myself that, hey, you know what? God still sees you. God still loves you. If every other person does not, oh, God still loves you. I think that was when I realized this scripture of, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have called you to myself. Oh my God. When I realized that verse, I was so joyful. My joy knew no bounds that day. I was so happy. I was like, okay, you know what? I really am not looking forward to people loving me anymore. Instead, I'm just going to be giving out love to people. Mm. So I don't necessarily expect love from people because I know I have the best love. I already have the love of God. So I'll just give that same said love that has been given to me to someone else who is also in that situation. And so from that moment onward, I was just so passionate about people. Yeah. Everyone around me, I would always ask, hey, how are you doing? Even sometimes I went to the office one day and a few ladies were just chit-chatting and, and I just said, hey, how are you doing? How How is this? How is this? How is this? And they all just looked at me and said, hey, why? How? What's going on? <laughs> so then I'm just asking. And they're like, oh, that's really nice. Nobody has asked in the last two weeks. And I'm like, wait, hold, really? Mm. I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to make it a point to always do that. And it was so amazing to just see that everyone wants to be seen fundamentally. Yeah. Everyone wants to be seen. But it's just, we don't get the right sight. We are not in the right sight. Mm -hmm. Right line of sight, I'll call it that. We're not in the right line of sight. So when I stayed in the right line of sight, that is from the sight of God, I just knew immense peace. I really didn't care how people, you know, looked at me anymore. Because all I just was concerned about was giving that same set peace. It's just like finding something so wonderful and you just want to share it. Yeah. Just like the woman at the well. She met Jesus and all she just wanted to do was share that news. Mm -hmm. She, The Bible says that she left her pot. She left everything there at the well and just went into town to say, hey, I have seen someone. I have seen this wonderful thing. And that was literally my story. Yeah. He saw me. I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. Sometimes I say to myself, oh my God, God really loves me. It still comes as a shock to even till date. It still comes as a shock. Yeah. It's just like an epiphany. It's just like a moment that just hits you randomly. You're sitting there, everything is not going right. And from nowhere, it just comes and you just say, wow, God loves me. Yeah. I literally begin to blush. I literally start to feel like, hey, I am really the bride of Christ. Because mm -hmm. he makes me feel like his bride. He literally does that. And I'm so, I don't know, I, I, never, I never have the right words to say it. Yeah. But I am so wonder I'm so happy to have met him. I'm so happy that he chose me. Mm. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful. And I always just say thank you, Jesus. Because it's so amazing to just see that when you're in your lowest, when you're in the darkest, to just say to someone, I don't know who it is, but when you you feel like you're in your lowest, that's when he's there the most. Now he may not necessarily have to come to the forefront and say, Hey, I'm doing so and so be you know, in the background. But just know he's there mm -hmm. because his word says, even when you're in the fire, he says, he'll be there with you. Yeah. He didn't say, I'll take you out of it. Nah, he said, I'll be there with you. So the same way you'd sit in that corner and cry your eyes out and say, hey, God, where are you? He's literally just sitting there with you crying out and saying, here I am. Mm -hmm. And it's just the reality. 
it's just the truth sometimes don't necessarily have to feel it like we always want to feel the move of god or something but it's just having that realization that he's there with you mm -hmm. he's he's literally there with you you may not see it but he's there yeah. and it has been a wonderful journey so far i'm not gonna i can't even i can't even lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to say it yeah. <laughs> to be honest it's just the truth it's just been wonderful it's been wonderful oh my god yeah it's been wonderful well, and, you know, when you're talking about God being there, it reminded me of what you shared earlier about when you were sitting in that prayer service and God didn't fix anything. God didn't change anything in that moment. All he did Nothing. was made you feel like a friend was putting their arm around your shoulder Literally. and saying, I'm, I'm there. And, and that's the power of God's presence. Like we, on the outset, are looking for the big transformation. But what God wants isn't that as much as he wants us to know that he is with us mm. and that he sees us. Because when we know that, we stop chasing after everything else and just start following him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You literally just stop and just turn to him. It's so amazing. Because at that time, all I just wanted to do was be friends with people. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be in people's faces. I became popular in school and everybody knows T to one degree or the other. At the end of the day, you still feel alone mm -hmm. when everyone sees you and everybody's like, hey, T, can you do this? Hey, T, can you do this? Hey, hello, T, can I come on? Everybody is just coming at you, wanting something. Yeah. But at the end of it all, when you sit down and you're alone, you're just empty. Yeah. That was literally what I just felt empty. Yeah. And God just came in and literally I'll just be happy for no reason. Yeah. Sometimes my dad would say, hey, what's going on? And I say, hey, dad, I just read a scripture and that's just what it is for me today. That's just how I'm feeling today. I just read a scripture. God just spoke to me in a scripture. And that's what I'm running with for that day. Yeah. And even sometimes I didn't even understand that scripture. But just because I read it and just because God said it, I'm like, you know what? That's it for me. I'm yeah. done for the day. I'm, I'm having the best day already. I don't know. It still blows my mind. Yeah. To be honest, it still blows my mind just to see how God connects with us. Mm -hmm. He doesn't connect with us like we would with each of us humans. He just does it in a way where you're, I always say it's, it's mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't even like it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when you look back, you literally cannot but smile. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah. You may not like it most of the time. He's so dependable that at the end of every tunnel, you know he was there all through you know you just i don't know I, I always still just say that i don't know because i i mine yeah. mine cannot grasp the way of god yeah he's just so wonderful he's been so good to me i'm i can't even i don't know it's just so <laughs> wonderful <Yeah>. it's so <laughs> yeah. honestly when i talk to people about these things to be fair they just feel like i'm just being too dramatic <laughs> and sometimes i even think in my mind like is this person looking at me like hey you're just too dramatic or they're actually seeing what I see hmm. because I have come from parts where it's like the lowest for me. I don't know about any other person, but it was the lowest for me. I'm a family oriented person. And then for my whole family to then turn their backs on me yeah. is so mind boggling. I don't even know what word to use. If you're someone who is in a certain pattern and you can't get to be that, it's like, you don't even know yourself anymore. Mm -hmm. And then God comes in and he's like, you know what? I'll use that. I'm like, well, just take the wheel. Like, there's nothing I can do with it. I can't do nothing with myself, to be honest. There's nothing. So I might as well just leave it to you because obviously you know better than I do. You made it. So you, 
fix it. Yeah. But it has been a wonderful journey, even though it's still a little bit young, but I still love, yeah. I'm enjoying the whole ride. I'm enjoying yeah. the whole ride. And I, and I believe that we'll be with him till the end. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I thought of something at one point, and then you started sharing more after that, that really honed it in, mm. you know, when trying to communicate to kids, how we can show love to each other and how we can be kind and also what can help us to feel whole. One of the methods that I've heard used is this idea of the love tank. Mm. And it's this idea that we all have this love tank within us, that when it is filled, we are operating in our fullness and our wholeness and enjoy but it can become depleted. Mm. And when our love tank is empty, it's like a car without gas. Mm. It just kind of barely struggles to run and then stalls out. And you were describing that, you know, you desired so much to have this tank filled that when you were in school, the only way you knew how to do that was to put yourself out there, to act up, to do mm. things for people, to do all these things that force you to expend the mm. little energy you had. And eventually it was all drained out. The fuel was gone and you were sapped. But then there's this loving God who sees you that suddenly just pours this overflowing Over, fuel into you. Literally. And, I, and the first moment that I thought of it was when you were saying that suddenly you were in this place where you were feeling such joy that you just wanted to love other people. People. Right. Literally. And this capacity to love was now no longer coming from your efforts for your intentions, but coming from God's love as this natural outpouring. Yeah. You had so much fuel overflowing that you just were sharing the fuel with whoever. Whoever, whoever. And it's just this beautiful picture of how deep and robust and powerful God's love is. You know, you also made a really good point, and I think just needs to be named again, is that we are all desiring to be seen and to be loved. Yes. We all have this desire within us. And so, you know, your story really resonated with me because some of the hardest moments in my life were as hard as they were because I felt unseen. Seen, yeah. I felt like those that I desired to see me the most oftentimes were the ones that saw me the least. And there were struggles that I was going through that in and of myself, I may have normally had the capacity to endure it, but that internal, you mentioned it, that, that internal struggle yeah. sapped it all out of me. And I yeah. felt like I was at the bottom of a pit looking up and no one could see me, no one could hear me. And if they could, they didn't care. And that was the hardest piece of all of it. I had a, a similar moment of feeling like I was alone and suddenly realizing, no, God was with me the whole time. Mm. And that realization was a game changer. The circumstances didn't change. I wasn't suddenly out of the pit, mm. but I suddenly didn't feel like I needed to leave the pit because I wanted to be where Jesus was. So if Jesus is in the pit, then I guess I'm going to stay in the pit. <laughs> and it was just so powerful to see how the simple act of recognizing that God saw me changed so much without having to change much at all. Mm. And I hear that in your story. And even like what was really cool is you were longing for your dad to see you. And then there is this moment that God brought this breakthrough, <laughs> like this, <laughs> the spiritual warfare that you're like, mm. I don't even know what happened. I just know I won. Literally. <laughs> you didn't actually do anything of your own volition at all but god's act of seeing and working suddenly caused others to now see you all of your efforts prior didn't amount to anything but god's simple act of seeing you now awoke something in your dad suddenly your dad could see you because god could see you oh yeah and that's the power of god seeing us like, oh. 
it goes far beyond any of our best solutions to all of our woes. Oh, yeah. The thing is, every time we're always trying to give selfish love. Mm -hmm. So we are not trying to give love just because we want to. But a lot of times we give love because we want to receive that same yeah. self-love. Yeah. But when it comes to when God infuses that love in you, you're not even thinking about what that person is going to give you. It does not even cross your mind. All you just think about is, I want to just give this thing out. This is just too good to be true. I need to give someone else. Someone else has to experience this. Someone else has to enjoy this. Yeah. And that was literally what happened to me because I realized I was just so concerned about every other person that sometimes... I'll sit to myself and say, hey, why are you so concerned about everybody? It's not like you were always like this before. Mm -hmm. And then I sit down and say, you know what? When God does it, you don't have a choice. It just happens so organically. Like literally in my neighborhood, everyone just starts looking at me and say, hey, how are you? And everybody just starts being a little bit, you know, trying to relate with me. Nobody's just looking at me and saying, oh, okay, there he goes again. Everybody's looking for a way to connect with me. And I'm like, hey, there's nothing special about me. I mean, you saw me last week in walking down the road. You saw me two weeks ago going to buy something from the shops. So what's what's different now? And then I had to sit down and say, hey, God's the difference anyways. Yeah. So you might as well just stay with that difference to achieve what God really wants from you. And it just became a thing of wanting to then find more with God, find more from God. Because mm. it's like wherever you are, that's where I want to be, Jesus. Wherever you are, whatever you're saying to do, that's just what I want to do because that's where I can find my own love. So in a sense, sometimes in my head, I feel like I'm selfish, but I'm like, hey, he doesn't mind. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mind that I want him to love me. He doesn't mind that I want to come to him and always find that love. He doesn't mind that I am down sometimes and I just want to vent. He's just like, yeah, whatever it is, bring it on. Yeah, Whatever it is, bring it on. I'm ready. I want to listen. I want to hear. I want to talk with you. And it's like, you know what? If he's going to listen, well, I'm going to talk. That's just what it is now. If he's going to listen, I'm not going to let his ears go to waste. I might as well just talk. Yeah. It's not like all my troubles have gone and I've just become this always hyper loving person. No, mm -hmm. it just means that days where I'm not feeling so loved and I'm tired, I can lay in my bed and say, hey, God, Father, I am literally tired and sad today. I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's not even for a reason. I'm just mm -hmm. literally sad. And I say, hey, God, I know this is not your personality in me. And today I'm just sad for no reason. Mm -hmm. But I know joy comes in the morning. So I would wake up tomorrow morning feeling happy. Yeah. And I'll go to bed and I would, I, I can't lie to you. I literally wake up every day feeling happy and not knowing why. Mm. You know, sometimes if someone, say for instance, gives you like a new car, mm -hmm. you know, this is why I'm happy. But when you wake up happy, you can't say this is why I'm happy. Then you know who has made you happy. It's like he leaves a signature behind where you know, okay, this is the hand of God. This is the writing of God. And a lot of days I just wake up, I'm happy. And I say, hey, I just talk to my mom. I say, hey, mom, how you doing? Da, 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 da. I say, hey, have a wonderful day. Oh, lovely mom. And she just looks at me a little bit coyly and says, Okay, because she just sees that, okay, he's happy. It's a little bit different. Yeah. And I just go on like that that day. And oh, it, it has just been wonderful. It has been wonderful. I'm, I can't even, there's no, there's, <laughs> there are no words to describe it, to be fair. Yeah. A lot of times I, I never have enough words because it's just amazing. I can't, I can't yeah. begin to describe. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you're down one day, I, you know what it is? I believe God just likes us to have a conversation with him. Yeah. 
any kind of conversation. He doesn't even have like, oh, this is something you can't say to me. The Bible says there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's literally that friend. Mm -hmm. Days I'm down, I just, I'm taking a stroll from the train station. I'm just like, hey God. Sometimes I even talk to him like the way I would talk to my, I mean, he's my father, but he's still God. Mm -hmm. But there are days where I'm down. This is just something that we all can try if we haven't already anyways. Days you just talk to him like your father. Like, hey dad, um, today's not so great. I'm not going to even lie and say I had fun today. It's just one of those days I'm not having it so good, but I trust that your will is being done. Yeah. And that just brings me to the prayer of Christ when he was, you know, to be crucified, when he was betrayed. Mm -hmm. He says, if you are willing, let this cup pass me by. But then he remembered and said, hey, no, not my will anyways, but your will be done. Yeah. And that's how I take it. I just talk to him like my father because... He has different sides to him. When you want him to be the consuming fire, he will happily be that. Yeah. When you want him to be the lion, he, he will be the lion. But when you want him to be the lamb, you won't talk to him like you're talking to the lion. You talk to him like you're talking to the lamb. And I just say, hey, dad, how are you doing today? How was your day today? Well, my day was oof, <laughs> not so fun. And it just becomes a thing where I'm doing it and I'm just laughing. And I realized that, hey, you know what? You started the day, you know, the evening sad. Uh, do you think you're still sad now? I'm like, nah, well, I might as well just go read some more scriptures and just be full with joy. Yeah. Because he says, my peace, I live with you. Yeah. That your joy may be full. So I might as well just enjoy it, have that fullness. And that's how I just leave it now. Yeah. I just leave it day by day. And it's just like what you said uh, last week, you know, just surrendering. Mm -hmm. I literally just practice that now. So that is more or less like my healing. It's not more just being healed. But it's now like a continuous thing yeah. where every day is a different one. Every day is a, is a peculiar one. Every day is a wonderful experience. I'm like, hey, I just want to see what's in stock for the day. And I look forward to it. And I'm always grateful to God for it. Yeah. Well, I think that word surrender is really fitting. And especially paired with what you said before that in and of ourselves, our love is often selfish or self-seeking. Even in our best yeah. of intentions, we are loving in order for something to happen as a response to that. And that's why our love is so different than God's. Yeah. And our love can get us in trouble. You know, as you were talking, it made me think of something that my friend Angela posted today. She was sharing something that somebody else had posted. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it really struck me because I resonated with a few of the parts of it. It says, you could be a really good friend and still not be liked. Mm. You can hold someone dear and still not be valued. You could say all the right things and still have someone twist your words brush off your words, or worse, use your words against you. You can give it your absolute best and still not have it work out. Mm. You can be straight up sunshine in the flesh and still walk into some heavy rain clouds. You could be as pure as humanly possible and still be painted as the bad guy. You could be kind and love well. You could be funny and charming and smart. You could be warm and welcoming and all around wonderful and still be rejected. Wow. You know, as I read that, I thought of Christ. And how Christ was the purest expression of love that anybody at that time had ever seen or experienced. And he also experienced all of these things where he was not liked. He was not valued. His words were twisted or ignored or used against him. He went through some heavy rain clouds. <laughs> he was painted as the bad guy. Yeah. He was rejected and he was murdered. Yeah. 
and yet he still continued to love. Love. And you you gave the purest example of that love that he recognized that he would have desired there to be another way. Mm. But out of love, he said, not my will, but yours be done. Be done. And when we are trying to love, we often have these other intentions, whether we realize it or not. And our love is very contingent on how things go. And when we hit these moments, I've tried to be a good friend, but every time they end up coming back at me, like we hit a point where we just don't have the strength or the desire or the capacity to keep on going because these become barriers. And we contrast that with God, who isn't just loving. God isn't just loving. God is love. That's what scripture tells us. He is love which means he's able to exist in that regardless of circumstances, which leads us to verses like Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, sinners. Christ died for us. Like while we were still at our worst, while we were still Amazing. absolutely undeserving of love, God saw us and God loves us. God wow. sees us and God loves us. And so... I just think this is so important when it comes to the topic of healing, because sometimes that is the barrier that even if we are physically healed, even if our situation changes, we still don't believe we are seen. But the moment we recognize that God actually sees us, it's like I imagine it's like Peter after he had betrayed Jesus, denied him seeing Jesus on the seashore and recognizing that Jesus saw him, I imagine them making eye contact. And Peter in that moment realizes Jesus has every right to turn his eyes away from me or to glare at me. And he is looking at me with love and inviting me to eat fish with him. Forget it. I'm not waiting to get, I'm jumping out of this boat and swimming to him because Jesus sees me, even though I don't deserve to be seen. You know, for you, that was a big part of your story. For me, those moments where I recognize God saw me or God sent somebody else to make it clear that they saw me, the act of being seen was so restorative without any of my circumstances having to change. And so I'm really grateful for what you've shared because it's so important. It's just amazing, to be fair. It's just mind-blowing. It's just so huge that you can't buy it. Mm -hmm. To realize that it actually is free. Like free. I mean, what more can we ask for? Mm -hmm. He literally gave his body a divine one at that. Not just a regular. He was not born of a man. But he still gave that same life. The same one that started from the beginning. Mm -hmm. The same one that was used to create the heavens and the earth. And yet he's so glad without any, any, any holding back willing to give it just for us yeah that is i don't know it's just so amazing his love is just so deep and profound Mm -hmm. there's no cutting it there's no running away from it it's firm yet tender Mm -hmm. he's all-encompassing ever present never leaving he's closer to you than your muscles are closer than your bones Mm -hmm. i don't know how else to say it I just want to say to somebody, if you feel like God has left you, trust me, all you have to do is cry to him. I am 100% sure of it. All you have to do 
is cry to him. You don't even have to be dramatic. You don't have to stand in a certain position. You don't have to do anything special. You literally just have to confess because the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths, we will be saved. That's just it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything special. There is no special inauguration. There is no special ceremony. All you just have to do is really believe and just confess it. Mm -hmm. Normally, people would say there's a structure for confessing the faith. But sometimes I don't feel like those words are necessarily the ones. Because whatever you say from your heart runs faster than something that has been orchestrated or, or structured. Just saying, I'm here, Lord. Once you're saying that because you believe him yeah. and you're confessing it that I'm here, he's literally there saying, welcome. Yeah. The Bible says there is joy for everyone that turns to Christ. There is great joy in heaven. And sometimes when I evangelize, I tell them that literally heaven is turning up because most times I talk mm -hmm. to youths of my age. I say literally heaven is turning up just because you accepted Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like there is a big full on party. Obviously I, I'll tell them, Hey, there is no alcohol there. Don't worry. But <laughs> believe me, <laughs> there is so much joy in heaven just yeah. because you have turned away from darkness into light. Yeah. And so if you're in a bad spot right now, you don't even know how things will turn out. You don't even know how to make sense of life. I can tell you for a fact that God is just waiting for you. You may say, Hey, why, why hasn't he just swooped in to, you know, save the day? No, he's a gentleman. Mm -hmm. He will knock. The Bible says, behold, I knock at the door. If you open, I will come in and dine with you. Mm -hmm. So God is literally saying to you, believe me and call me or allow me in and I will make you the most amazing version of yourself. Yeah. Literally, you don't have to be amazing at anything. Literally, I, I, I tell people that I have struggled with purpose because I don't just want to live as any regular person. I believe my life has meaning and I have struggled with it so much. I think I, I talked about this on the first audio episode of the Limping Helpers podcast. I literally just struggled with everything. Mm -hmm. But I can say today that I still don't know some answers to my questions, but I can tell you that I am confident it will turn out great. Yeah. Not because I can do it, but because I trust who's in charge. Yeah. It's just like running a company. You don't give the managerial posts to someone you don't trust. So I don't trust myself. Because mm -hmm. even like we said last week, the things I want to do, I don't do. Mm -hmm. The things I don't want to do, that I find myself doing, like Paul said. So I might as well just trust a better managerial entity. And that's just God. Yeah. So you trust God, you're fine. Yeah. It doesn't mean your troubles go away. Mm -hmm. It just meant you come out of them stronger, better. Yeah. You know, there's something really important in all of what you're saying. What we're really talking about is what it means to receive, because we're talking about this free gift. We're talking about God does see us. God does love us. And you emphasize this is free and we can believe something and still not receive it. Right. Mm -hmm. We can make reasons for why we can't receive God's love. It reminded me of this ministry moment that a team of families and my family got together. The other two families were from Norway. We were actually in California and Chico, and we had had some funds that we prayed about what to do with them. And God used the kids actually to bring us to a shopping center that we didn't even know existed where there was a subway and a Starbucks. 
And what we felt like God was inviting us to do is to take this $300 and just buy coffee and food for whoever we saw. And so we literally were giving a free gift with no conditions. It wasn't for specific people. It wasn't as a ministry that only if you are impoverished, only it knows if we see you, it's for you. And I was shocked at how many people turned down free coffee and free food. And it wasn't because they didn't trust us. Some of them, it was like, well, no, no, save it for someone who needs it more. We're like, no, it's for you. It's literally for you. Some people might have felt like they didn't deserve it. Like there are all kinds of reasons, but I was struck. And we saw this too when we offered prayer. Mm. When we said, hey, can I, can I just pray for you? And so many people said, no, I, you know, I don't need any prayer. I'm good. And there's this thing within us because I have it within me too. We were on this trip because God had invited my family to be a part of this discipleship training school in Hawaii. And I'll be honest with you, I really struggled with receiving that gift mm. because Hawaii, in my mind, is a luxury and vacation. True. And I'm trying to serve my community. I'm trying to live in a way that's like, I'm, I'm a very frugal guy, but I don't want to live in excess or anything like that. So I wrestled with accepting that gift. And that was one of the first things that God had to work on me mm. when we arrived is God was like, this was not your idea. You didn't have this idea. I put this idea out there. I made it work out. You didn't have the money. I provided the funds. I'm still providing the funds. So this is on me. I am offering this to you. You're the one choosing not to receive it. Mm. You're the one choosing not to accept the gift that I am choosing to give you. And so that's the other piece of it. You know, we get to a place where we decide, okay, God does see me. God does love me. But we can still get held up on refusing to receive it. Mm. But you mentioned it, you know, God is a gentleman. <laughs> like God's not going to force oh, yeah. his love on us. He is. This is the beautiful thing about God, though. He is not like us in that we may try and try and try. And finally, like I mentioned with that thing that I read earlier, get to a point where it's like, well, clearly this person doesn't want my kindness. Mm. So they don't deserve it anymore. Or I'm going to stop trying or I don't have the strength. God never gives up on us. He never loses strength. He never gets impatient to the point of not loving anymore. He is love. Therefore, he continues to offer that love, to extend that invitation. And if it takes us a lifetime to receive that gift, he will be ready. So be it. That moment that we receive it on our deathbed, if that's the case, case. and we'll say, welcome. I love you, my child. Yes. I feel like you and I could easily keep on going. Oh, definitely. And definitely. and maybe we will one day. But <laughs> I have two questions to to close out this time. The first one is if somebody wanted to connect with what you were doing, connect with your podcast, how can they connect with you? Oh yeah, they can connect with me on Instagram, on Facebook. We have an official website that is limpinghelperspodcast.bossprout.com. We don't have like a proper website yet, but that's coming really soon. There's a lot of things going on at the <laughs> moment. But on Instagram and on Facebook is just Limping Helpers Podcast. Limping Helpers Podcast. And if you want to connect to me personally, it's um, a little bit complex. Tiolu underscore polo. So that's T-I-O-L-U underscore P-O-L-O on Instagram and on literally all social media platforms. That's that's what you'll find there. And on YouTube, just search for Limping Helpers Podcast and you'd find a podcast there. That's great. And your podcast really stems from what you shared earlier, your desire just to connect with people and walk yeah. alongside people, not as an expert or not as someone who is fixed, but somebody who is a limping helper. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. And then my final question is, is there anything else on your heart or mind that you want to share before we go? 
find the love of God. If I was to say anything, I mean, we can't necessarily find it ourselves because he has to give it to us, but you can find the way to the love of God and that's through Jesus Christ. So if you want to connect with God, if you want to find God, if you're in a bad place, if you have no sense of purpose or sense of self-worth or, or, or what you're even doing right now, just find Christ. Just go to Christ. It would not make sense, but you would definitely get to where you're supposed to be. It may not be where you want to be, but you definitely get to where you're supposed to be. And that's just the beauty of life. That's just what I think Christ is about. Our real selves not our own perceived self because like i said last week if it was left to me i would not be doing podcasting mm. i'd rather not do it but i find myself doing it i find myself learning things in fact literally almost every week there is something new i've learned and he has just made my life so much more wonderful and that's just what i can say to anyone who's listening if that were to be my final thing it would just be find christ find life you will walk you will During this episode, we mentioned one example of God seeing when we talked about Hagar. But here's what's so beautiful about scripture. This theme of God seeing is throughout it. There are so many examples of someone feeling unseen and then discovering that God saw them the whole time. Sometimes they were surprised by God. We even see it with Jesus. There were so many people that had gone unseen for so long, sometimes their entire lives, and in a moment, they were shocked when Jesus saw them, when Jesus noticed them, when Jesus knew them. Whether it was Nathaniel who came to follow Jesus, and Jesus said something personal about Nathaniel, and Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Or Zacchaeus who desired to see Jesus, but knew he was unworthy. And so he hid up in a tree so that he could get a sight, but stay distant. And Jesus saw him and Jesus called him and Jesus ate with him. Or the woman at the well who felt so unseen that she went to the well on her own by herself at the off hours. And Jesus saw her. Jesus knew her in ways that other people didn't know her. Countless stories of people who were wrestling, who desired healing. And in an unexpected moment, Jesus saw them and it changed everything. And often physical healing came, but something had already happened at that point. At the moment that they knew that they were seen, their understanding of reality shifted. Where there was no hope, suddenly there was a ray of hope. Prior to that moment, none of them had any idea what was about to happen. And when it happened, when Jesus saw them, when God saw them, their lives were utterly transformed. So if it was true for them, why could it not be true for us? How many of us are in similar situations as they were in the moment before they were seen, where things feel hopeless, where we feel neglected, forgotten, dismissed, wounded, and on the cusp of recognizing that Jesus sees us, that God sees us? Right now, we could be on the cusp of recognizing that we are, in fact, at this moment, seen. You are, in fact, at this moment, seen. The only thing stopping you from realizing that is your belief that you are not seen. 
What could change in our situations if we embraced this reality? If we said to God, okay, I believe that you see me. Even if I don't feel it right now, I choose to believe that you see me. What could change? But that's not even where I want to leave you right now, because here's something really spectacular. In all these stories, there was someone who felt unseen. But in all of those stories, there was someone else who was unseen, who was misunderstood, who was misrepresented. Because as Jesus saw others, he knew that others could not see him accurately, that others were dismissing him, that others were misrepresenting him. In other words, he saw even when he himself was not seen. But what Jesus knew is that his father did see him. And even if man couldn't understand him, his father's sight, his father's understanding of him was enough. Now, why do I mention this? Because in these hard moments, we long to be seen, but we miss the invitation that Jesus is giving us and that Jesus demonstrated for us. In those times when we are unseen, we can still see others. Jesus may want to work through you to allow someone else to be seen. This is a tremendous invitation and one that we can't do in and of ourselves, but God working through us, the Spirit working through us can allow us to recognize people that have felt alone for too long. So you've got two challenges if you're in a hard place right now. The first is to consider what it could look like to trust that God sees you. But the second is this, to invite God to give you eyes to see someone else, to give you the kind of eyes that Jesus had when he saw Zacchaeus in the tree to see the person that others have missed, that others have neglected, and to go to them and to call to them and then invite them down and to spend time with them. Because even if you are feeling broken, God can equip you to love with a love that is beyond your capacity and you can end up being a restorative force in the life of someone who has felt alone. And what will shock you is how in that space, you will more clearly recognize that God sees you as well. We are called to love God and love others. We desire to be loved ourselves. But as we seek to love God and as we seek to love others, we will discover the fullness that God actually invites us to. We will discover the healing that we are actually longing for. And as T mentioned, it may come in a way that looks different than what we want. But God knows precisely what we need, precisely who he's created us to be, and precisely how he is inviting us to serve. Right now, you have the opportunity to see someone, whether in person or through a text or through a call or through an email or through a message. You have the opportunity to see someone who longs to be seen. Are you willing to look? Take that step of faith as an act of love to ask God to show you someone. And when he brings someone to mind, look for them, see them, and then ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, where you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, 
uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?